This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers, it's Bethany Taft starting us off today. You're not used to hearing me start this off, but here we are. So we're going to talk about a fun topic that some of you guys may be really interested in, and some of you didn't ask for this, but we think this is really important anyways. So we're going to talk about women in leadership and then biases in the workplace. And some of you might be thinking, this is so great. I've been waiting for this kind of topic. And some of you might be thinking, okay, well, all right, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. What is this going to look like? But we think this is really important. And so we have three women on our team, two men on our team, something that we've wanted to talk about for a little bit here. And so here we are. Um, so Diana, Mary, Matt, Don, I'm going to go ahead and just pull you in here. And let's, I'd love to just kind of get your insight too of based on our conversations before, what, why are we wanting to talk about this? Diana, what, what makes you excited to talk about this topic? I am passionate about this topic. I love this topic. I think that women face a different challenge in the workplace than a lot of people understand or that that men understand. And I think, I think it's time that we kind of just address it and bring it out in the open. I know lots of organizations are doing this and kind of creating some more inclusive policies and thinking through how to ensure that everyone and their team is welcome and able to do the best of their ability, even with the conditions put on them outside of work. So I think, I think it's just a good place to open up and have a honest conversation about differences and biases in the workplace. Yeah. Anybody else from the team? Yeah, I'll dive in. I think it's really important to find, you know, equality in organizations and companies and in everyday life, really. And making sure that, you know, we, we truly are going to talk about how we can think about this as leadership. And I think, you know, being in leadership roles and being naturally all leaders, I think we've got to really start to address how to make things more equal for, for women in the workplace, but for men in the workplace too. Yeah. For all people, for sure. Don, did you have something you were going to add? Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm excited about this topic. I'm a little nervous about it because I mean, it's, we've talked about it quite a bit as a team and how we were going to approach all of this and everything, but I'm also really excited because I mean, look, we don't know what we don't know, right? We just did a whole episode on blind spots and, you know, blind spots can be biases, but biases don't have to be deliberate. So sometimes there's deliberate biases. Sometimes there's undeliberate, undeliberate accidental biases. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're not even aware of our biases that we have. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. We, I, I live every day as a white male in my forties and that is the, my perspective of the world. And that's not the same perspective that everybody else has on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I am excited to hear more about different perspectives. Sure. Yeah. And it's not a bad perspective, but we all have, we all think about life differently and have different experiences. And so I think this is one, one topic that we haven't gotten to consider and talk through a lot and, and sort of share stories about and look for opportunities to get better. And so just sharing some stats here too. So something that we know is that women represent 54.3% of the U.S. workforce, but they only hold 35% of senior leadership positions. 
And yet statistics also show us that women are more highly educated. So they're not only earning master's degrees at a higher rate, but they're also earning PhDs at a higher rate as well. So that's very interesting. So we know those statistics. We know that women are women are offered these leadership positions, and yet they still experience biases in the workplace. So just because there are women in your organization, just because you have women in leadership um, doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, there's no biases that, that exist. We are very fair to all women. We treat women really well. That's not statistically what what we know um, and what we've experienced. And so I think I wanted to just start with like, what are some, what are some stories and experiences that we have faced or for, for Matt or Don that you've even seen in the workplace? I know I've seen meetings before where we've had like Diana will be in a meeting and we'll pull together a group of executives before and somebody will say, well, who's going to take notes on this conversation? And there's a general assumption if whoever, I've seen this more than just Diana, Whoever the women, whoever, if there's one woman sitting at the table, everybody's going to look at that person and say, you're probably the one that's going to take notes. Or I've seen people ask, you know, hey, would you go get me coffee? You know, go, go make us some coffee. Or I, I've just heard some of those kinds of things before stated at, at meetings. And it's it's usually stated, I would say, to, I don't mean to be defensive about it. It's it's I don't think the people who state those usually think about what they're saying. I'll add that to that, but that, that's, I think that's an example of something that I've become more aware of and tuned into. And I'll also say, since I was made more aware of it, I see it a lot more than I, I notice it a lot more than I did before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as we were talking about this before we recorded, we said, I think Mary and uh, Diana and I all, all said that we don't think most of the time that people are being malicious whenever whenever they show these biases or whether you know what they're treating women differently or whatever we don't think it's malicious most of the time i think sometimes it is it's just unconscious until somebody somebody points it out and don you have been very good about recognizing those opportunities and hearing the stories that we've all shared or pointed out in situations and and taken those and made us feel heard as well so I've also I've also think, seen more horrific, more deliberate actions taken by people who get extra touchy feely or too friendly. And I've been in cases before where I've been in meetings where I've felt the need to end a meeting or step in the middle of something or stop working with a client. We've fired clients before for just for grossly inappropriate actions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we've we've had some very uncomfortable circumstances that have arisen that I think have, have come away because of what I'll call basic boundaries. You know, you don't go up to somebody in a business setting and give them a big hug or ask them to sit on your lap or things like that. And those are all things I've literally observed and seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I tend to not react well to those things when I see those things. Yeah. And I think the point too, is there are some that are, that are grossly horrific. And there's also so many things that are so common that happen all the time. Me and Diana and Mary have all shared stories. We all have multiple stories of this happening. And so I don't know, Diana, do you want to, do you want to jump in and share any of your experiences without, you know, sharing names and places just to give a little bit of insight to some of our listeners who maybe haven't experienced things like this? Sure. You know, I think I could give hundreds of examples, right? I'm, I've been asked to take notes. I've been told to go get coffee. I've been 
people have assumed that I am an intern. I'm the COO. I think a lot of the things that my contributions that I have added to the company are overlooked sometimes, not by, not internally, but externally. And I think people just sort of diminish the work that I have done as a COO or don't recognize it as easily as they might recognize something that like John, the CEO has done. But I think one of the things that I will highlight loudly is that there are there are spots in my career in which I feel like I was overlooked for an opportunity only because I was a woman. What I'm saying is there are times when men get together and hang out or go do something social or go grab lunch together or something. And I have been actively excluded only because I am a woman. There was one where Don and I were at a networking event and a guy asked Don to go to lunch and said he wanted to learn more about the company. And Later, he called me and said, I would have invited you to, but I don't have lunch with members of the opposite sex. And to me, that was just sort of saying like, you aren't included, even though it is your job, you are the COO, you are very important in this company. And I want to learn about this company, but I can't include you because of your gender. And to me, that was one of the hardest situations for me to face. And I think because it was so blatant, that really the only reason I was being excluded is because I was a female. And I think those little things happen a lot. And then when the big things happen, you kind of feel like, wow, how much further could I be? Or how how much have I set back my company because I am a woman? Yeah, and that's really hard and frustrating when you're wanting to just contribute and help and make the organization really great and use the knowledge that you have gained in your degree and all of these things and to sort of feel like a threat in some ways when there's really no backing for that is really difficult. Yeah. I'm trying to think of times, and Matt, I don't know, can you think of a time in your job or career where you felt like you were excluded from something because you were male? Or you felt unsafe or into a situation where you felt like you were pigeonholed? Because I was male, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I can, I mean, excluded in general or not a part of that group or not asked to go to the table because of my maybe like role or what they thought of, thought of me totally uh, because I was just a guy. No, I can't think of, I can't think of a situation like that. This, this all, I was going to add something though, if I could, um, this all kind of reminds me of Don in the not too distant past, we're working with a company. We tend to see this a lot in manufacturing too. I know that the statistic that you just read, I think I I'm, I'm sorry, we're I'm doing this from home too. And I had a child that I had to contain at that time. Um, but one of the statistics that you read was like executive level, I'm going to butcher it like 35% of senior leadership uh, positions. Yeah. Senior leadership positions there. And I think not too distant past, we were working with a manufacturing company and we were doing leadership development for a lot of these different, for basically all the managers, all the managers, supervisors, stuff like that. And Don, I think we had four or five different sessions of 10 to 20 people maybe in there each time. And there was one female, uh, the rest were all men. There was one, there was one female in that group. And it's funny because I actually made the comment like, man, we were here a year ago. We didn't see you. And they said, yeah, she was on maternity leave. So they did give her, she got maternity leave, but that's why she wasn't there last time she had a baby. There was one female though in the group. But again, I don't know how many females are knocking down the door to be able to get into that place. Like it's heavy on 
male participation and, and that might be a whole nother topic on that we're not talking about now now but that is predominantly a male-led you know the major manufacturing company there's one female if you go to the floor you can you can count a handful of women but it's pretty much pretty much male i don't know if, the, if that's because they're keeping them out or they don't want to be there in the first place but that was just an observation that i had and i, I wondered what her life looked like you know there when we weren't there she was great uh she participated i didn't see anything that was like wow that she's an outcast she was right in the middle of she was right in the middle of everything and so might have been just how she chooses to approach it too i don't know yeah yeah there's probably a little bit of both it's probably an and not a or situation there, I would guess. I'm sure it's a little bit of like, well, we predominantly hire men. So that's just sort of, that's sort of where our biases come in, right? Like we just naturally hire people that are like us, or we bring more people into organizations that are like us. I think we all have that tendency to do, even whether that's personality. I think we tend to draw people more in who are similar in in just our way of thinking. But then there's also probably some where it's like, yeah, there's probably not a ton of women who are pursuing those just, and I think that's more of a cultural issue, not just a not just uh okay they're not necessarily interested but we have ne- we haven't really talked about women being in those types of roles or exposed women to those opportunities or things like that so i think it's a little bit of both is what i would guess mary would you have any would you like to share any experiences or add anything here yeah i think i've been in situations where we've been in a meeting and a, a gentleman would look at around the room or or look specifically at a female about taking notes or, you know, going through the PowerPoint presentation and being the one who, you know, handled setting the slides up and putting the things on the screen and then managing going from next slide to next slide. You know, I think there's a lot of times when events are created and men would look at women to create the events. And I think it was an opportunity for a compliment because, you know, that they knew that they could handle it. But um, in my career, mostly I try to make sure that people are just treated equal and um, try to eliminate those biases. And I think, I don't, like we've said on here already, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just how people have been raised over the years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's those, sometimes it's those blind spots that we were, that we were talking about previously. Yeah. We were talking about sort of the societal things that happen like there are male superheroes I mean there are a few female superheroes but like (laughs) there's predominantly male superheroes the presidents have all been males and I think that all Americans just sort of have this like ingrained thing in them that men are authority positions and men are in positions of power because that's what we see I think there's less representation of women in leadership roles and so it does make it more difficult to erase some of those natural paradigms and those natural just biases because we have been raised to see that men are in those positions of authority. I think we're going to see that shifting though. You know, we, um, we have, I think we have, and we will continue to, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think we're going to see those shifts made. I think as different generations come into the workforce, that mindset's going to shift a little bit more. And and I really think in the next seven to 10 years, we're going to really see a a good swing on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I hope there's more opportunities that people are just recognizing and at least having the conversation, right? 
you know, I've had these experiences, Don talked a little bit about some of those too. And Diana and Mary have both shared things. There's been, you know, but there's been times where we've been meet, when in meetings with a, with a client, with a male leader of that organization, and they directed the conversation primarily to Don and like, wouldn't even make eye contact with me. I'm not sure that they, that they were thinking about it again, but then when I did speak up, maybe they, you know, that person winked at Don in response to the thing that I said and continued to look at look directly at him, which in that moment, I did not do anything. I didn't respond out loud. I did no take note of that. And I, and I did bring it up to Don afterwards and say, did you notice that too? And he said, yes, he did. And so that's just something that we, that, you know, sometimes we have to kind of take those things and just move on and move forward with it. And it's not helpful to like stop the conversation in that moment and say, um, excuse me, though it is frustrating. And so there's been things like that. There's been things. And I think we were, you know, as we were talking about this before in preparation for this topic, there's been like text messages that we have received that I don't think Matt or Don have had to interact with that have been very inappropriate and rude from from people um, in a professional setting that they would I don't know why anybody would send those and whenever we're setting up meetings with people or trying to interact to get work done or things like that so there's been multiple situations uh, like that that I've definitely experienced too I think one question that I wanted to well did, did you have something to add Diana well, I, I sort of did. I kind of wanted to ask. I feel like I know that you and I have had text messages exchanged where we feel uncomfortable and we have to navigate it. And then we have to show it to Dawn, which is like another level of embarrassment. And then and then you kind of have to like figure out how to navigate it. And I was kind of curious if like Dawn or Matt, have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to like navigate something horribly uncomfortable and like, how often has that happened to you? Directly about us? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, like I've gotten inappropriate text messages in a professional setting to where I've had to say, like, I think I have to tell my boss because I'm about to get fired from this client because I'm about to tell him what's what, you know, and and I don't I just didn't know how often you've ever had to, like, think through that. Like, have you ever felt? I don't know. Like, I don't I don't think I mean, I, Matt, I don't know. You just unmuted yeah, man, maybe that, I think maybe that I happens think, to you all the time. I don't know. I, it's a daily <laughs> thing. It's a daily thing. Um, no, I, I I do think that I I do think I have like a one that's kind of relatable, but and maybe this is the difference too. Like my reaction towards it probably wasn't your reaction towards it. You know what I mean? Like my reaction towards it was like ha ah, ah, ha ah, ah. you know like oh whatever, uh, and just kind of keep kind of keep going. I didn't you know. There's no escalation process. There's no reflection time of what I did at that to draw that you know what I mean like it was like oh, okay and then I just kind of know where I'm at and I keep and I keep going if that makes any sense at all yeah. I think it's the reaction to it that I had that was maybe different than you know your reaction yeah yeah, yeah I definitely don't I, I mean I just it, what strikes me is one thing that we could talk about a little bit but I wanted to ask another question first is just if is I think it's a cumulative effect. I would imagine there's a cumulative effect if this happens every once in a while, like Matt talked about, that it's like I'm I'm having trouble thinking about it. It'd be like, oh, that's weird, that's different. I'm just gonna go around that. But if it accumulated on you over time and it happened over and over again, and it felt like it was almost a pattern, mm -hmm. I would think that would have a lot of difference. Like, what kind of an impact would that have on you and how you interact with people? We talk about that all the time. How you show up as a leader, how you talk to other people, how you approach relationships, all those different things. 
does that hold back? The other piece to it, that was a question is, Bethany, I thought you said something interesting, like an example you used where the person's addressing addressing me, I think it's a really good example. They were only talking to me, you said something, that person looked at you, kind of gave a little bit of a laugh and looked at me and winked and then continued the conversation with me. Like, yeah, I absolutely noticed it. Mm-hmm. You know, where I've sometimes wrestled before is like, and I, I bet some listeners thought that of saying, well, you said, of course you don't say anything. Like, well, should we say something? Yeah. And I think there's a people centric answer to that actually, but mm-hmm. like, why do, why not call that out? Or when do you call it out? When do you see in the moment? Yeah. Say, no, 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 we can't do that. Like, what's that line look like? I guess I'm, I'm I just said two different things, but. No, I think that's a good question and something that we're wrestling with a little bit before too, because I think we have to think about those things all the time of like, when am I going to escalate this and say like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to draw a line and make a clear boundary. And when is it just not helpful? And I think that we've just sort of had to navigate that on like a case by case basis. There have been, there's, there's been times, you know, Don, where I think, I brought up something to you that I thought was inappropriate and you have, you have kind of asked me like how I, how I want to proceed with that of like, would you like me to bring it up or like address it? And then there have, and there's been times where I've said like, no, not really. Like, I just don't want to make an issue out of it. Like, I'm just going to move forward because I don't think it'll be helpful. And I think we can get past it and hopefully it's isolated. And if it happens again, I'll sort of let you know. Diana, yeah. were you going to add something there? Yeah, I was going to say there's a few things that Don mentioned of like the cumulative effect. And I do think, I think that we, I know lots of women have to navigate this so often that there are a lot of times where we're like, okay, I'm just like, okay, moving on. But then I think there are certain times where it's like, what am I doing wrong? And so you sort of turn it into this like introspective what am I doing to bring this on myself? I am really not trying to portray this thing. So you like call other people and say like, am I doing something wrong? Are you seeing something? And then I also think there is a point where it's like, these things have happened with this one particular person or this one particular group of people so often that now I can't ignore it. But I do think that most of, I think a lot of my friends and people I've talked to about this have said, I don't bring it up until time three or time four or like you know it's not the first instance it's the fifth instance and it's the it's the I've tried to read in rechange how I interact around them I've tried to change how I speak to them I've tried to change you know when I show up and how I show up and those things aren't affecting how they treat me still and I think I think that is when it becomes an issue for women and it's like yeah. Okay, now I have to say something, but they also don't know about these other five or six times. And so is it appropriate to say something now? Like, mm-hmm. this is the straw that broke my back, but is it going to be seen that way? And so there's just a lot of like, introspection when those things happen. Yeah, yeah. And another part of this that that you hear probably from women in those situations too, is that this this kind of concern of like, Um, like constrained communication of, okay, in those situations too, I also have to be thinking about and mindful of like, how, like balancing, like how much I'm expressing myself and like showing authority or like downplaying stuff, because you don't want to come across as like too much or 
like I don't know one like I don't know I can't say the right the word that I want to say here on on this on this podcast (laughs) but you don't want to be viewed in a certain way and so there's also you're thinking about that too of like okay if I how much can I draw a line and create a boundary without coming across as being like too much considered too much by somebody too so that's I, I try to relate. I'm trying to relate. Every, we all relate things back to our own perspective, right? And so I'm trying to think of like, what's the male version of that? And I think there's a little bit of fear in some men about how we interact with women at work mm-hmm. of not wanting to come across that way and yeah. not being in a position. I mean, I, we were at an event and we heard uh, an executive who talked about how he, he, he kind of, he made the connection in a group and then confessed it to the rest of the group. He said, he realized that he does a lot of business on the golf course. And it's not that we've talked a lot of golf is kind of a, we, we, we joke around a little about, we're going to actually play golf in our company retreat here coming up. And I think we're kind of hitting this issue head on because we talked mm-hmm. about this before, but he, he, what he said was, he says, not that women don't play golf. He said, but he didn't invite women to go play golf because he was worried about sitting in the golf cart next to somebody and partnering with somebody and it being misconstrued as like, well, why did you pair up with me? And what conversations did we have? And, you know, sometimes you're in the golf cart and you're just relaxing and you, you put your arm around the other person just in the golf cart, just because you're driving around. I know I've done that with Matt before, you know, you just kind of, you're just driving and stuff. And he was afraid of doing that, but he recognized that by being afraid of doing that, but also talking about business on the golf course, and he was excluding women on his team from having really good conversations. He was creating an unintentional barrier I guess that's kind of where like we have to, I have to think a little bit about behavior and stuff like that, but not not like what you're talking about. I don't go to a conference and think, well, I have to be careful about, I don't know how to say it. Like Bethany, I don't know how to say it like you're saying it, but I want to be careful. I'm not too magnetic or too flirt. I'm not, not flirting with people too much. Too magnetic. I got to dial it down. Like you said that, that's so funny. Why? Because Matt only wants to be magnetic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, I get it though. I, I, I get it. Cause there is the other, I know this isn't men and leadership is not the topic, but here's the <laughs> other side of that. Like Don is hitting, a, hitting the nail on the head. The other side of that, it's just maybe because of the nature of what that looks like for women, that's also heightened the awareness. Maybe not for all men. Some of them are tone deaf evidently, but it's definitely heightened, heightened the awareness anyway for us like you know i i i i'll give you a great example and i'll use me as the example here i have two examples that i'll give you in that uh, i i've been known to go to a conference maybe be there by myself don and i travel to a lot of these conferences together and we'll go speak and stuff like that but i have been known to go to those conferences and i won't ask i i won't ask a female ceo or whatever to go to dinner that night even though it's a sales thing for me but it's bigger than that it's the perception of what that sales thing is that i stay away from like i would stay away from that and okay maybe shame on me but i'm, I'm also looking at the perception of that you know whenever whenever you know we travel all the time like just for us on a team like we travel together a lot diana you and i have covered a lot of ground just us and bethany we you know mary keeps dodging me but pretty soon we're gonna go on a trip one of these times <laughs> But we do, we, we do that too. And I remember whenever I first started there, like going on those trips one-on-one, like, yeah, Diana and I are cool. Before my wife really knew you, she's like, wait a second, <laughs> how come you guys are going to dinner afterwards? Cause mm-hmm. it's not just dinner, right? Like it's dinner, there's drinks, we're hanging out, like, wait a second. Like there's, that's a whole nother, like we can say we should be over that, but that's a whole nother side to what that looks like. It took a while for Rianne to be like, okay, 
I know these people. These people are in the circle. These people are cool. I don't have a problem with that. I know that's who they are. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if, 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 I know that there are boundaries that my wife would probably have for others, like unknown people. Like, I'm just trying to get the sale. Like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Call them tomorrow then. Like, there's no dinner and drinks. You know, you call them tomorrow. But that's a real thing also, which is probably on the other side of this. That's maybe not a part of this conversation. I don't know. But that's, if you're wondering if we have to juggle stuff, there's definitely stuff that we're juggling at the same time too. Yeah, I think that is part of this conversation, Matt. That was a, that's a really good point because it, it is the, how do we navigate those waters and how do we navigate those situations where we can have safe meetings with each other? And this is something that I would have conversations with a lot in my HR career was the power of three. There's always the power of three. If you're going to go somewhere and you're going to do something, um, let's say you're going to have a lunch with somebody, go go in threes. It's it's just a, a good good thing, and you have a witness if something does occur, so you're safe. And it can be any gender. I'm not pointing out male versus female, or it could be two males or two females that go together. It it happens no matter you know what the gender is. So. I think there's a lot to be said about that. And maybe even on business meetings, you know, trying to get that power of three in there and having a couple of people go to have those conversations would be a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in this podcast too, we want to, we want to give advice on how we think we could help others navigate this or what we've seen others do to help navigate this. And, and I think that that would be something that would help our listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the discussion. I, I think what we're trying to do is be very open as much as we can about what the situation is and how we all encounter it and what the different perspectives are, because I think we need to think about what's the best approach to making this better too. And it's not, it's not, hey, oh Matt, I'll, I'll bet there's some somebody out there, I'll bet you did Matt just heard what you said and is condemning you a little bit. I'll bet somebody out there's maybe doing that and saying, like, how could you not do that? That's not fair to a person. And don't, and don't don't care. My and, wife. And, my wife. Right? <laughs> and I could tell you, well, and I could tell you, I mean, knowing Matt, like, I mean, I, I know in my heart, like what, where you're coming from that. And I know Rianne really well too. And I know, you know, all of that. So I mean, it's a complex issue. So I, I really do reject the idea of like spotting any glimpse of that. And it's just not a good way to change behavior of attacking it. It's got, it kind of goes back, Bethany, like in the meeting that we were at, I think I, I could have just like tipped over the table in that moment and said, stop, sir, you are, you are, we are both professionals. You will look at both of us. What's that <laughs> wink look like? But that's not how you change. That's not how you change people. That's not effective. You will look at her. You will look at her. Look at her. Look at her right now. <laughs> She's not a that- human being. No, no, no. I like that. Look like this. No, like look this. harder. Look yeah. at her. Because I mean, I think honestly, if we can be, <laughs> look. <laughs> I'll use that Diana next time. We went with that for a while. So okay. Yeah, anyway, ran, ran down with that joke a little bit. But like, I can remember one time when I was at 3M, I was pulling together a group to go play golf, and because we worked long hours, and sometimes we'd take like a Friday afternoon or something and go play golf. And I was going around, and we had cubicles in this big office, and I was going around asking people, like, do they do you want to play? Do you want to play? Do you want to play? And Emily, I used to work with, uh, who Diana knows pretty well, I skipped her. Mm-hmm. I was asking who wants to play golf. I skipped her. I did not put, I put zero thought into that. I, there was zero conscious thought into that. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, I had just started fairly recent. I, I, I'd been there for a little while. I can't even use that as an excuse, but like, I just, I, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to uh, skip you. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. You might be interested. 
And like, if you really dig into like, what are the reasons for that? And I remember Emily was really upset. And I remember Emily told me later, she's like, I will never play golf with you. I love to play golf. And you and I will never play golf together. I was going to add, Emily is an avid golfer. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll never play golf. You'll never know that. You'll never know that for myself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I felt bad about that. It's like, okay, I, well, you're right. I did skip you. Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, there's a, there's, there's good ways to handle that. You know, and I think it's it, some of it starts with awareness and, and looking yeah. for it. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you said before too that this is a complex issue. And so to say, so I I would say that none of us on here, none of the women on this podcast are men haters. We are not anti men by any means. We're all married to men. We really enjoy working with the men on our team and other men <laughs> that we get to work with. <laughs> So that is definitely not it at all. We just know that this is, that there are more opportunities here. And if we don't talk about it, then people don't know um, and we can't help fix the problem. But I think another part of this that's so complex is that that it happens with women too. There are women all the time in workplaces that are reinforcing these negative biases. We've seen this happen whenever people make, women make comments about how they are working on a team full of women and you know what we mean and they kind of like laugh and like you know nudge you and we're like no I don't know what you mean (laughs) no tell me more about what you mean yeah I totally disparage you Bethany all the time and I'm like yeah Bethany she's a real queen bee you know what I mean yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And there's this, there's this thing. Um, and I actually didn't know what the, fr- there's that there's an actual term for this, but there's this queen bee phenomenon. And when I read about it, I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've totally experienced that before. And so this, the, this phenomenon is basically when an older woman, and I say older in quotes, like just someone, who, a woman who's not necessarily senior aged, but an older woman within an organization who distances herself from the junior women in a professional setting. And I've totally experienced that before um, where, where somebody who is older and has a lot more experience in their career, has distanced themselves from me because they're trying to sort of set themselves up and make themselves look more credible, especially if it's a if it's a team full of like male executives at the upper level. And it should be totally the opposite. Those are the women that should be, you know, helping coming in and supporting you and help creating pathways for you to kind of grow and exceed in that organization as well. So I don't think it's just men who are who have these negative biases and who are helping kind of make the, make them continue. I think it's definitely across the board too. Anybody else have anything to add? I was thinking a little bit about like, there, there's the idea, you know, the, we, there, I've read a lot about like the gap in pay mm-hmm. um, and read a lot about that. There's lots of different studies on it. There's lots of confusion around it. I think there's a lot of bad data around it. There's a lot of good data around it. It's hard to separate that. But I know, Diana, we had a conversation one time, a long time ago, we were talking about like negotiating for a job or taking a position, you know, how do men think about that versus how do women think about that? And I think one of the things we talked about is like, do women have more of a fear of upsetting the village than the, than men do? Like if, if Matt and I are going after the same promotion, I think the discussion was if Matt and I were going over the same promotion, Matt and I would just go after it. Like if Matt and I were coworkers and we had a promotion that was up for it, Matt applies for it, I apply for it. We probably don't need to talk about it. It's totally fine, whatever. It's just a competition. One of us is gonna win, one of us is gonna lose. It's totally fine. Where if you know Bethany and Mary were both up for the same promotion, you're more likely to talk to each other and like, okay, well, I'm, I want you to know I'm going after this. I hope it doesn't upset you. 
Like there was some discussion about that. Is there truth to that? Am I zeroing in on something? Am I stereotyping? Is that a thing? I think that lots of women will talk about it with each other. I think there has been in the past a tendency for women to not negotiate, but I think that that has changed in at least the last few years for sure too. I do know that studies have been shown that women won't go after the promotion if they don't meet all of the qualifications and men will look at it and say, I meet most of these, so I'm going to go after it. So I do think there is a difference in how we approach the, the thing. So yeah, I think, I think it's valid in that we do approach it differently. When I heard like a kind of another related thing, and I'm curious about your comments on this and we can even edit this out if we need to, yeah. but just to, to push this another level, I had a, there was a friend of mine, female friend who saw a drug rep who goes from hospital to doctor's office to doctor's office. And she comes in and she, she dresses powerfully and attractively and definitely flirts to get into the front desk. And this, the, the, my friend was saying how awful that was for women to use that power, to use that and to lean into that a little bit and kind of manipulate her potential clients to use, to use whatever she had available to her to be able to, to be more successful in the job. And, and my initial comment to that was, I was like, actually, that seems like a hyper-masculine approach in a lot of ways. Like, like if, if Matt could sell more things just by the way he dressed on stuff, he probably would do it. He would, he would go and lean into that. Totally. I was totally going to yeah. say like, Matt uses his masculinity to sell stuff for us all the time. And we take that money. We take that money. Wow. <laughs> Listeners, that is not a true statement. Just want to make that really clear here. We can no. edit that out. Guns out, guns out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I just wondered, I mean, I wonder like that kind of a thing when I see it, like the judgment of that kind of an approach is just interesting to me because it almost is counter, it, it almost feels masculine to me. Does that make sense? Like, like Yeah, the confidence. I think what you're tapping into is just the confidence there. I think there's a difference in, okay, the comp there, if, if you're using confidence in, in your position and you feel like there's just like nothing can stop you in that way, then like, great, like go for it. Awesome. I think that's great. I think there's a difference then in using like your brain versus using your body to make a business deal. And I'm not saying this person was doing that, but I think that, that there's a little bit of a difference of like, you can be confident and you can be really smart and that's how you're going to make your get your work done. I think there's there's a less sophisticated way to do that and use your confidence in the workplace. And I and I would say those are two different things. I think that's a good distinction. I like that. Yeah. I thought I also thought of how counterproductive it was that the other person was also criticizing. I'm like, you're you're adding to the problem. Are you saying you shouldn't be confident when you show up? Like you're kind of assuming you're assuming intentions, which we talk about quite a bit. Mm -hmm. how you do that of what the approach looks like if if i walk into a front desk and i start to talk to somebody who's at the front desk and i want to connect with them i might tell jokes and i might work together and that could be looked at as flirting i know because of who i am and what i look like that that's less likely to be regarded as flirting but i could do the exact same thing and i could look different and have a different gender and it would be absolutely regarded as flirting so then it's like what's it's the same actions 
it's just different in terms of how how it's perceived so i mean there's a little bit of that but yeah. i like your i like your point about the confidence piece you know but but when you talk about like the if you are continuously if there's the little things that nip at you on a regular basis you know the frequency like we talked about like you have, we've asked a couple of times like matt and i do we have examples of that and maybe we can scrape up like one or two examples from our entire career but nothing like what you talked about i mean diana you, you use the term over 100 times uh, of oh. things like that happening uh, yeah for sure for sure you're seeing that all the time that has to have that has an impact yeah how you show up how you're thinking about like i don't want to have this happen is this and i like what you said of is it me is it the pattern that i have so what do so what do the men do who care about this issue what should we do i think that's a great question <laughs> thank you very much for asking it don <laughs> I, Bethany pointed out, and I, I hope I'm not stealing this from you, Bethany, but I just loved, I loved this. We talked about this a little bit ago before we had this podcast. And I think by in, being inclusive. So if you're in a meeting and you're having conversation about something that's going on, include all the people in the meeting, reach out to the other people and say, so-and-so, what do you think about that? Male or female? I don't care. I'm not going to pick a side here. Reach out to that other, to other people within that meeting and get their input. Um, if you, if you're bringing them to the table, then have the conversations with them. Don't just bring them to the table to sit there. That would be my piece of advice. Yeah, that's good. I, I also am going to echo the like inclusivity thing. I think if you are doing stuff and saying like, oh, I only do this with my male colleagues and you are a male, then maybe you need to think about like, why am I only doing that with my male colleagues? If I was a female and saying like, oh, I only do this thing with my female colleagues, but I'm the COO of a company, which means my females get more interaction with me and more leadership opportunities and more stuff. Like that's not, that's not fair either. So I think to be inclusive in those moments and say like, I'm not going to exclude someone solely on their gender or, you know, just because I am the same as them. I think thinking through that inclusivity and seeking the diversity is a good place to start in your brain. Yeah. Intentionally or accidentally. Right. I think that's oh, a totally. Point. Yeah, totally. Cause I yeah. think a lot of the cases that, I mean, some of the cases we're talking about the icky cases, the text messages and stuff sure. like that, like, that's just like, there's a line and don't go there and you don't need to, I mean, there's just, it's dumb. Like yeah. th those things are so far past the line that most yeah. people would agree with that and understand that stuff. It's more of the daily little mistakes that I mm -hmm. think happen on a regular basis that we just have to become more and more aware of, uh, yeah. of things that we've said. <laughs> I was, I was recently like at a conference and there was a woman at the conference who introduced herself that she's with an engineering firm. And I said, well, if you, and I, my response to her immediately was, well, if you know any engineers, tell them that they can get help from me because I was, I'm a recovering engineer. And it and was, she the joke. was like, I'm an engineer. My, my eye was on, my eyes were on the, the joke and not what I just said mm. of like the, well, if you're here in my head immediately, and this is because, I mean, I went to school with 62, you know, engineers and there were like 10 of them were women. And so you just, I just, I, you know, most of the people I worked with that, you know, you just, it, you just see that. And so I made an assumption a very quick bias. I didn't realize, and I was focused on the joke. And I said the thing and I, I realized it immediately. And I then later on, when I said something to her, I said something about like, I'm like, well, you know what I'm talking about as an engineer. Yeah. Cause she, she didn't say anything right. I, and she didn't even react in a way that was negative to it. But I just want, I'm like, wow, you told me you're from an engineering firm. Why yeah. should I assume that you're not? 
an engineer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's being careful. It's not kicking yourself totally for being wrong. It's not like, I don't think I'm a terrible person for saying those things, but it's being at keeping our eyes out for those things to do what, what Mary and Diana both said is trying to be more inclusive is to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. I did it not long ago. I said something about, I was in a group meeting and I said something about, well, we'll have to ask your CFO if he, and the CFO was in the meeting and she was like, well, she would say this. And I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. Like I immediately assigned CFO to a male Mm -hmm. and she's sitting right there. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. Harvard has a, uh, what the, the, a um, bias test that you can take. And I know it's been very controversial that's been out there, but I did go on and take some of the tests Mm -hmm. and it is eye-opening and the way they do it is really brilliant. Like if you understand the science behind it and how they do it, I don't think it's hard to figure it out as you're taking the test. It's also hard not to figure out why you can't fool the test because it shows you like, where do you naturally go to? And I think it's different because we don't, we like to think we're not biased, Yeah. but we are biased. Like, so it's more of exploring the biases so that you can open up the opportunities to be more inclusive. And we all have those biases. It's just, you have to identify them as you go through things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. A couple of other things I was thinking about for like, when you're asking specifically about like, how can men help or how can men, you know, make this better as well. And then I think we'll also want to talk about how could women help with this too? Like how can women support women in leadership roles or within the workplace? But I think for men, one thing that we can do and go back and listen to our psychological safety episode where we talk more about that specifically, but I think that as men or men in leadership roles, just create, if you can create some psychological safety around this conversation within your workplace, that's huge. So that way the women in your organization do feel comfortable coming to you to bring up if they feel like that something was not handled well, or something was said that was inappropriate, or they don't feel like they had an opportunity to, you know, step into that conversation that was had in that meeting or whatever it was, just to make that, to make that conversation more open within, within your company. And then I think another thing that we've talked about too, is just thinking about your, like the hiring practices for your organization. So this can go for men or women, but I'm thinking about the hiring practices within your organization and the positions and the expectations for the roles within your organization. One thing um, that statistics show too is that women are primarily at a higher rate. They're, they are the caregivers for their families. So that's both for children and both for aging and ill parents. And so just to know that, so again, not to say that men are not taking care of their kids and men are not taking care of their aging parents, but statistically women are doing that at a higher rate. And so to acknowledge that and understand like, is, is this position set up so that women can take these roles and thinking about maybe women who aren't married or who are single moms or things like that. So they might not have that other, you know, that other support for their kids or for their parents or things like that. Are we setting up positions and roles to for women to be able to say yes and, and pursue these types of careers? Or are they going to look at that job description and the expectations and say, I'm not even going to apply for that role because I can't. Like, I cannot meet those expectations. It's just not possible for me. Um, and so I think those are important things to consider as well. 
with that is like, we were talking about this too, is like succession planning. That's another piece of it. But sometimes we see, again, I think it's just biases that happen is like when you're succession planning within your organization, you're thinking about who are you preparing for the next person to come up? Are you truly thinking about everybody who is qualified for that position or is your brain because because you're looking for somebody who looks just like you or acts just like you to come in and fill that position? Are you really assessing who do I have here already who is highly qualified but might look a little bit different than me or do something a little bit different than me who I can help develop and get in, get ready for this position? We've seen that happen a lot too, where there are multiple women on a senior leadership team, but the one man was was looked at automatically to be the person in line um, for that next leadership role. So that's just another thing to think about too. That's good. Even the issues that we talked about earlier of like the travel thing, which is a real practical issue. I know for our team, we started asking that in interviews of just saying, hey, part of this is there's going to be an expectation of traveling with somebody else who might be a different gender than you. Are you comfortable yeah. with it? Mm -hmm. uh, and it allows it allows the other person to ask specific questions of what does that look like you know I, I think there's questions sometimes I think I always almost always get asked well we get separate rooms and stuff right yeah of course you get we always every travel time. separate rooms every time every time yeah and and continuing to do that and I think that also highlights like certain policies that you do that can be not fair like if you're going to if we had a client that doesn't work well like say we have a client that says they can't work with women on our team I can't say, well, great, they'll just work with the men on our team because that's limiting the women on our team from doing their job. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about that. Or if it's like, if Matt and I travel together, but we can get, we can share a room together. But if Diana and I travel, we have to get separate rooms and it's going to cost more. You know, you, you have to be careful about putting in barriers to, uh, to that, that's, you can make it really unfair really quickly, unintentionally. We've, ne we've never shared a room either. Those never shares. Well, that's why that's how we handle it is just to make that really simple like that to say no it wouldn't make sense we didn't we never wanted anywhere somebody made a decision that says okay well to save the company money we'll send we'll send the two guys or we'll send two girls on that so we do we just don't want that to have to happen so we'll just let's yeah. just take that off the table yeah don't create those unintentional barriers so yeah. Um, really quick, let's last question because I know we are we have extended this topic for a long time, but there's a lot to unpack, and I'm sure there's more. But what about women? Like, what can women be doing to help support other women within the workplace or to support women in leadership roles as well? I think that I think that a lot of times women see other women as competition, which, you know, Healthy competition is not a bad thing, but I think if we can start looking at everyone as the same team, like I look at everyone on our team as the same team and I don't worry about Bethany, if you want my job, come after it, like just come after it. I'll eat you alive. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's okay. I don't want it. Diana, you're great at this job. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. But I think, I think healthy, healthy competition is good, but I think helping each other and lift each other up during meetings. I think calling out things that, that other people have said, I know a lot of times I can say something and then someone else can say it and not credit me. And then I feel kind of diminished about it. Like, didn't I just say that? Like, didn't I just say that? And I think that happens to women a lot. So crediting the other person that says it, like, I want to reiterate what Bethany just said. I love what she said. Here's how I took it add your spin to it. I think all of that is great, but like do a little bit to credit the people that are saying the words. Yeah. Anything else? Mary, do you have anything you would add? I had worked with some similar situations in my previous 
career. And when, when the women all went to the meeting, they immediately pointed out a man to do the PowerPoint presentation or do the um, taking of the notes. And they, they stepped on it before somebody else did or asked them to go get the waters or, you know, they would, they would intentionally step out of their comfort zone to ask somebody else to do something as well and not just let them roll with the assumptions there. And then I think as far as, as an employer and how an employer might be able to handle this is, or I don't know, I'm, I'm coming from an HR perspective, thinking of it from a, a woman's perspective here, just making sure that the job descriptions are clear and that everybody who's being considered for the positions is considered without the mindset of a gender in place and, and looking in that manner. And then just having people who are willing to go to bat for you. So it's not a horrible thing to have um, other women in the workplace that are working and, and helping each other out, making sure that they're being treated uh, fairly and equally and same for men too. Yes, I love that. And I would add, you know, to the comment that we heard bef before of like the, okay, don't perpetuate this, the stereotypes of like a group of women working together and that's really negative or gossipy or whatever it is. Like, especially if you are in a leadership role there, like you have a lot of power about what that culture looks like on that team. And so if that's the way that culture is on that team, I would take that personally. And I would, <laughs> I would step up and say like, how am I going to lead this team better? Um, and not credit it to just the fact that you're saying it's because it's a, a team full of women. You're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing women favors. So stop it. <laughs> that's my... That's my soapbox on that. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I was with a team recently where somebody, and it was a woman who said, you know, we got a team full of women and you know what that means. And I kind of gave them a look like, okay, like, I know you just said something and I'm going to say like, I'm not going to really lean into that. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to say that, but you still know what I mean. And I was kind of like, you know what? I do know what you mean. I'm going to be honest. I know what you, I know what you're trying to say. And what you're describing is what Bethany, you just talked about. Yeah. That's what you're describing. So let's stop it meaning that so that we can stop saying that and say, well, you know what I mean yeah. when I say that. And I've worked, I've worked on teams with, of women where it's like, we got a, like the, you know, the women that I work with right now, we work together really well and we get a lot of stuff done and we share ideas and collaborate. And that's what working with women can also be like. So I'm just, I'll just say that I do want to, I want to say, give opportunity to, for takeaways. Does anybody want to just share any takeaways and then we will wrap up for today? Anybody? Yeah, I want to share mine. My dream is that eventually gender just doesn't matter. Like I just, I know that women think differently than men and the diversity is really important, but I really just, I'm so hopeful for the day where we just start seeing everyone as people and individuals, like everyone is different and we have policies that support that. And instead of like, maternity leave we have family leave like I just wish for the day where it is it doesn't matter and everyone's kind of on the same playing field and so when we can start thinking about things like policy and meetings and how we interact with each other and just sort of say like people should be treated as individuals instead of like women or men and all of that stuff I think we're going to be at a better place so that's if you can start neutralizing your brain to just think about how can I make this an inclusive and diverse team? I think you'd be in a better spot. Great. Thank you. Anybody else? Any, Don or Matt, do you have any takeaways before we jump off? 
Well, strikes me. I'm reminded a little bit of like our last episode where we talked about what we want people to say at their funeral. And it's like, I want people to say that they helped, I helped them to become the best person that they could be. I think this is an example of a potential barrier for that. If we don't realize like what biases that we bring to the table, if you are going to be an effective leader, you have to be intentional about how you lead others. And to be intentional about that, you have to be aware of how you think about stuff. And you can create false barriers for yourself uh, and for the people, and more importantly, for the team around you, if you're not careful about how you address address these issues. you know. And I'm also really grateful to you guys for being willing to have this conversation. It's a tough, it was a topic, you know, when we selected it, it's like, okay, I, I was kind of pushing for it a little bit too, but I also know that it's kind of like, it doesn't feel like I want to say, I was going to say my topic to push. It is because, I mean, there's a lot of ownership of that. I think people need to hear more men saying, look, we need to do a better job. We can do a better job. And without condemning people, we can do a better job for most people. For those of you who decide to get touchy-feely at work and send weird text message and stuff like that, to hell with you. Get get out of the workplace, get counseling, get yourself right before you go into workplace, really. Uh, for those of you, for, for most of us though, who just make golf mistakes and things like that, let's just work to get a little bit better. I think we, I think most people have a good intention for that. Yeah, there's grace for, there's grace for that stuff. So I would echo that with Don, uh, maybe not as passionately as what we just did. That was a good moment. But um, what I was just going to say, you know, there is there the, the things that Don was talking about there. Just don't be a crappy person. Just be respectful, be polite, be engaging. You know where the line is. Don't cross it. Like just uh, it maybe it goes back to that inclusive thing. I know that there's a set aside population where you're specifically talking to, but in general, just be respectful, just be polite, just engage. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that this is, this is the first conversation we've had as a team on a podcast about this. And I hope that there's more opportunities. There's probably a lot more that we didn't get to talk about that we didn't unpack. Thanks for listening to this topic. If you have thoughts or questions or or things that you'd like to hear from us, please, please, please reach out to us. Diana, where can they do that? We have so many ways you can get a hold of us. You can email us directly at more than work at people CCG. You can fill out a contact us page on our website at peoplecentric.com, or you can find us on social media. You can tweet us, you can chat us, you can post on our wall, whatever it looks like. You can even TikTok us, Matt, right? You can even TikTok us. Yeah. But yeah, just reach out, send us a video, send us a chat. Our handles are at PeopleCentric or at PeopleCCG. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.